You're listening to High Holidays, a podcast about weed and holidays, with your hosts, Susan and Margaret. This isn't actually a holiday podcast, but an interview with Matt FX, an amazing chef, musician, and the Wonderkind music supervisor for Broad City and Man Seeking Woman. full screen it? Yeah. When we get the chance? Oh, there we go. Hey! Hey, what's up? How's it going? Uh, pretty good. How are you guys? Good! Yeah, I don't think I've ever FaceTimed someone who, like, I wasn't related to by blood on my computer. Yeah. I, you know, this is, like, definitely one of my first three or four FaceTimes. Whoa. I think. Nice. Yeah. So we're all pretty yeah. new to the future. Yes. I guess. It's been around for a while. But I know, but it's so weird. It's like video phones. I sort of took the Doug Penson approach to being on camera tonight, <laughs> if that makes sense to you guys. It so does. It does. We are right there We're with right you. We are right there with you. <laughs> nice. Are you, yeah, you're in New York right now? I am. I'm actually in Brooklyn. I live in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I am at the home and studio of a rapper friend of mine. Oh, uh, oh, cool. And we were just hanging out, and I remembered that I had this in oh, true shit. pothead fashion. Uh, <laughs> so I am now in his bedroom doing this. Oh, uh, shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. So are you a producer, too? Do you like producing? I do, yeah. I do a lot of sort of like... I think I do more work kind of like in the old school definition of producer, like kind of like working in coordination with, like, the artists and the vocalists and stuff yeah. than, like, sitting at my laptop all night, like, the new school sort of way. Yeah. But I do a bit of both. So you're, like, uh, a Kanye West, Jay-Z producer. Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say no to that. Because you do mm-hmm. the music for Broad City. Yeah, which obviously, right. as, like, all millennial young ladies these days, we are obsessed with. <laughs> Tell us, because, you know, we hear music supervisor music whatever all the time and we sure. all think like that is the coolest job in the world like obviously we're young people and that is like you get to do cool right. shit but like what do you really do like is there stuff about your job that people don't understand um i think i think there's like it's it's kind of a balancing act because you sort of have this creative side in which sort of like the main priority is finding the best possible track for that scene Mm -hmm. and then you've got this sort of like more kind of like accountant side Mm -hmm. to like having a budget and making sure you can afford all the tracks Mm -hmm. and like a lot of the sort of like records everyone knows like people sort of take for granted like kind of how much money one of those things might cost to like put on a season, and if you see, there's only like one or two a season that are like these huge Hallmark Drake Lady Gaga. Oh yeah, I was about to say that you Drake. Know. Yeah, scene. like we when we saw that one episode where like they spent their entire music budget on this one song. <laughs> you know, and yeah, and and so kind of like I think what a music supervisor does, it's half kind of being on the job and half all the stuff you do when you're not on the job. And if, I think if I have any sort of like advantage or like uniqueness, it's just sort of like. I would have been at the concerts anyway. You know what I mean? I would have been listening to all that music anyway. And yeah, it just so totally. happens that, like, I grew up in the city and understand those girls and can relate to them and, like, know what they like to hear. And I know what, like, kind of, like, I, I think that's just sort of, like, the sort of symbiosis of it. Do they describe this scene to you? Like, just, like, do you just have a script and you think about this song? Or do you actually see it after so it's that, it's funny, I, I like didn't used to talk about this, but I like kind of admitted it this year, which is like I 
I really don't love to read scripts. Okay, and like last fair. last year I had the pleasure of meeting Hans Zimmer and like mm. one of the first things we sort of like bonded over was the fact that we hate reading scripts. Whoa. And my like reasoning behind it is like at the end of the day, like anything that's in your head when you read words on a paper is not gonna be what the director shot. Like mm. it just won't, you know what I yeah, mean? There's just no true. way. And so like whatever song you're imagining to that scenario is like more than likely not going to transfer, I feel like. Right. And so even if I just have, like, a still of what they shot and, like, some words, I have a better shot at, like, honing in, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, no, totally. So I love, I love working with the editors as, like, the footage is just kind of coming in and scenes are being crafted. And they'll be like, what do you think about this? Like, I'm thinking this kind of track. And I'll be like, I'll find something. And it's always, like, about, like, the emotion more than anything. Yeah, like. for sure. Yeah. That makes sense. What other shows or movies, too, like, do you think do music well? Um, I think uh, Master of None did an incredible job this totally. year. I think it was good. I mean, you can't ignore shows like Mad Men, which were, like, so incredible. Um, uh, there's this really random show um, that airs on the FYI network. Okay. This is, like, my potheads are coming up. It's a really <laughs> random show. Drinking with Chloe called... or Cocktails with no, Chloe? No, <laughs> no, older, older. It's just, This is, like, reruns. Apparently it started as a Canadian show, and then they filmed the U.S. version, but it's called Food Factory. And, like, every episode, they go to, like, three or four places. So, like, the famous Sriracha Factory, like, the famous Almonds, or, like, Frozen Burritos, like, Amy's Burritos. And they, like, pick uh, a person at that place to, like, interview. And then they pick, like, a worker on, like, the floor to also interview. And there's, like, no person interviewing. It's just them answering questions. But there's, like, this voiceover of a guy and a girl. And they're, like, really witty. But you can tell it was totally done in post. It's, like, so good. And I've, like, wanted to Shazam it, but I'm pretty sure it just, like, was created for the show. But oh, I'm always, like, probably. dancing, like, by the TV. I, like, turn it up just to hear the music in the background. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> we gotta, um, we gotta get cable to watch that. I know, we're, like, yeah. cable-less. We need that FYI network. Yeah. So it's-, it's, a, it's a good, it's a good, like, 3 a.m., like, zone-out show. And then you get to learn how things are made, and, like, it's crazy. <laughs> like, that's the, nice. the, the giant gobstoppers, yeah. or, like, whatever those are called, those, like, candies, yeah. they're painted like 40 times in Whoa. different colors over and over and over again and that's what like builds the layers Whoa. and then like go around into this tank it's like gross but it's cool dude Whoa. that blows my mind oh, i know <laughs> secrets food secrets canadians well i guess it's in the united states not, <laughs> yeah they do both they do both it's funny they'll like sneak canadian brands in but they'll like hope you don't notice oh yeah like ketchup chips and stuff <laughs> exactly 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 <laughs> Nice. Yeah. So speaking of TV shows that some people haven't seen and that are created into American versions, what was it like doing the music for Skins? Like, that's such a random blip in pop American Um, pop culture. (laughs) It was interesting. I came in as, like, such a huge fan of the British show. And I had the opportunity of getting hired by Brian Elsley, who worked, who was the creator of that show. Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of the... a lot of, like, the organization around the show was MTV. It was a partnership between, like, their British company and MTV. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's sad to say, but, like, the version of the show that we were trying to make and the version of the show that they were trying to put out were, like, two different things. Yeah. And I think that's sort of where it suffered. Um, but Brian was, like, the coolest dude I've ever worked for. He was, like, on some Obi-Wan, <laughs> just, like, like, 
just older dude who like said little but like everything he said was brilliant and like there were so many situations where like one would take a certain route and he would like pause and take like a very mature easy it, it was it was crazy he was like he's like definitely i didn't get to work with him for you know it was just like a year and a half but like definitely someone who like sort of mentored in that time and i'm like very in awe of that's cool yeah. What's it, like, it, was there a difference between, like, working with MTV and, like, working for Comedy Central, or does the network not really make a difference in, like, um, the show? I think the difference was that he, the girls came into the Comedy Central show with autonomy, and I think if that if there was anything that Amy Poehler sort of instilled in them as the executive producer, it's like, do what you want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, make the show you want to make. Yeah. And, like, I don't think that was the process with Skins. Yeah. Uh, and... And, and that is why anything they want to change, like, even if I think it's the greatest cue, it's like, all right, let's change it. Like, wow. it's their show, you know? And yeah, I, I love the, it. I'm just as much a fan as, I, as, as anyone else, <laughs> I think. That's, you know, that's another thing about not reading the scripts, and, like, especially if, like, the editors are willing to explain, which they normally are, like, what's going on and how to make it, is, like, I can still enjoy all those scenes where it's just dialogue as a fan the first time I see them. Oh, you know what oh, I mean? If I don't yeah, happen to see that episode before they lock it and I just see the music scenes, like, I can I can watch it and, like, laugh with, along with everyone else. Oh, oh, yeah, that's so cool. I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah, like, in this process, like, how much interaction is there between, like, you and the people involved? Um, like, so, the sh- like, TV shows go through kind of, like, a three-step process. There's pre-production, production, and post-production. And so, like, pre is writing for the most part production is filming and post is editing and so like i have i see pre at like the rap party you know what i mean like there we're on opposite ends of the spectrum and uh this past season i had the uh honor of cameoing in the background of an episode and that was my first time on a set ever of that big um and like i had never seen a production before and it's like it's so incredible what they do there are so many people like making that happen um but in terms of post i'm with you know three editors i'm with a post-production supervisor and i'm with the girls and like that's really it like i'll see the directors who shot the episodes like a couple days while they're working on the episode but like from that point onwards it's like the girls i'm working with them and the editors so they they are involved in like post-production a lot that's cool to know that's cool to know that they like put that much work into it they're oh no they're 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 the main people all every step of the way they're there from beginning to end that's awesome so how much of your year does this occupy like a like somewhere in between a third and half Hmm. like it between making the show happen and now like kind of doing press for it it's like a little over half of the year but um you know, working on post is like three, three, four, four or five months. Yeah, five months. Wow. Cool. And wait, what episode were you in? I am in the house party episode, oh, which I believe cool. is episode four of the season. Dude, yeah. that's a good episode. Uh, the rat. Actually, if you look in the background, the first time I'm there, I'm smelling weed. And then the next couple times, I've got like a joint and then like a bowl and then like a bong. <laughs> I'm just, I don't say anything. I just, I'm just in the background getting really, really, really stoned. So what is the prop weed? Yeah. It smells like church incense. And the taste has a little bit of like an iron, like a calcium kind of like taste. It's not fantastic, but you still sort of get the head high that you would get with like hookah, you know? And like, I, I, I think I smoked more fake weed out of a bong 
in those two days filming, and I'm a spliff man myself, like right. I never really liked bongs. I, I think I smoked more fake weed out of a bong in those two days than I smoked real weed out of a bong in my entire life. And I actually commemorated that experience with buying a bong that I now use pretty regularly. Yeah, yeah. dude, water pipes are great for your lungs. <laughs> well, okay, exactly. Great, well, yeah, I got, I got something that can double as a rig. And so I can also do dabs now, which is like a new thing for me, but I've been enjoying it. Dude, we've never done dabs. We've smoked pretty much every way, but dabs kind of freak me out. Yeah. You know, once you get past the sort of like steampunkness of making (laughs) it, like once you get past, and I use that for lack of better term, but also like instead of far worse ones, uh, (laughs) once you get that past that process, it's just like a, it's like an express train. It's like a one-way. Right. Okay. There you go. Yeah. That's a good analogy. That's a really great metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> and, go. like, you're, tra- you're traveling quite a distance with those, but, like, you know. Anyway. How long is the high off a dab, like, the same length of a high you would get, like, smoking a bong, or does it kind of go away faster? Or is it, like, you, you're one and done for, like, a few hours? I don't know. It. That's a good question. <laughs> I... I think that weed high lasts longer. Okay. I think. Interesting. So but, then, why bother? I think it just gets you super f- Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say. Dab, I I don't know. In true, in true fashion, I can't figure it out. That's cool. Totally cool. They both do the job. <laughs> That's important, yeah. Something I'm really curious about is, like, how do you buy weed in New York? Like, what's that like? Because we, like, we live, we used, we didn't used to live in California, but now we live in California, and it's like, you just go to the grocery store and you buy weed. We forgot how to buy sure. weed, like, from friends. We're like, oh, sure. you have to call up. I feel buy. like there are a few different ways of getting weed here, and I think those range from people you know who are, like, one to two degrees away from you who cop, like, in small bulk, Mm-hmm. and rip off small amounts. Yeah. And then I think there are, like, bike messenger services who come with, like, shiny graphics and up charges uh, that you contact with, like, crazy methods. Um, but, uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, like, I think if, if you know, a lot of people have pretty good stuff these days. Because yeah. I think that's just that's how it's been flowing. Oh, yeah. Um, so... I don't think, I mean, in California, it's, like, such a novelty. I've been a few times, and I have a card. Like, I've seen a doctor. And even though it's out of state, like, there are certain dispensaries that'll sell. And uh, I love it. It's great. It's so (laughs) much fun. Um, But I I think uh, one could get equally high here. Yeah, I'm sure. We're just so spoiled. It's so easy. I forgot. And cheap. And cheap. Yeah. Yeah. So what what is Shutter Island? Is that what it's called? Uh, Scooter Island. I'm sorry. I said Shutter Island. That's a really bad Leonardo DiCaprio For sure. Uh, Scooter Island is like a collaborative project, sort of like Major Laser or Gorillaz, where you have sort of like someone sort of at the control booth, but a sort of revolving door of other uh, vocalists and producers and rappers and instrumentalists. Um, And it's a project that I put out last summer. uh, Originally, it was like 12 tracks, and we sort of split it up into two, and we put out the first half last summer. Um, and this year I think we're going to put out a couple covers, but in the last few months I've been working mostly with uh, a couple of the artists kind of from the project putting out their solo records. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I think the first one of those will be dropping in like three or four weeks. Sweet. Uh, cool. so look out for that. For sure. Yeah. 
So what's your, like... I mean, I could never answer this question for myself because I have no idea, but, like, what's your, like, ideal end game? Like, do you want to be, like, living in a fat house in California uh, smoking weed, like, making movies? Or, like, are you just, like, trying to chill out in New York? Or I want to be the first person in the world to... Do you guys watch 30 Rock? Duh. <laughs> okay, so you know what an EGOT is, right? Oh, yeah! Uh, I want to be, be the first person in the world to have a Jabigot. And that's an EGOT with a James Beard Award at the front. Oh! Wait, so, like... That's... I saw that you're, like, really good at making tacos, but are you professionally cooking? Like, are you attracting no. James Beard people? Oh. I, I'm definitely not professional. There's more room for non-professionals who are passionate about cooking than there is for people who claim to be professional chefs but are actually just TV personalities. I mean, like, that's I'd true. rather come, especially if I could ever have an opportunity to like do food on camera in some way. Like, I would rather come into it with the humility of learning from everyone I get to share the screen with than being like. Oh, I'm a TV chef who does all these things. And yeah. they're, like, they're exposed for like not actually being real chefs. Because that shit happens. Like, oh, yeah. mad of the TV chefs are like not what they claim to be. And, Guy like, Fieri. That's, Guy Fieri, you know? totally. So, like, would yeah. you rather do Master Chef or Top Chef? Like, or something in the middle? I, I, oof, I... I have so much reverence for Top Chef because that's like the realest of the shows. Mm -hmm. And that's like the most kind of like, I, I, Top Chef is like Christmas when a new season rolls around. Right? I'm so excited for that. Um, that being said, I would in the next 10 years like to win Chopped. And I think I, I could win Chopped. some sort of like amateur, millennial, musician. <laughs> I think there are a bunch of different like specialty Chopped episodes you can, <laughs> you can sign me up for. Uh, New Yorker chops, like something. Uh, but yeah, no, my like Facebook bio in all lowercase, it just says future chop champion. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, nice. That's nice. Um, so, the net, is it the next season of Top Chef? It's in, so we used to live in Charleston, South Carolina. Big oh, cool. Food scene, and yeah, yeah, they're filming the next season of Top Chef there. Amazing. Like, of Very course, cool. they wait until after we move. Yeah. It's kind of wild because that show started around the same time as a lot of shows that were like running for a very long time. I feel like, but a lot of those shows, other shows have been canceled by now, are like less serious. And like Top Chef is like little 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 engine that could, you know, it's just chugging along, being it. Totally. No one's like Top Chef got worse. Like, yeah, no, it's just Top Chef. Like, yeah, and it's like Project Runway. Like, people watch it. But, like, the people it got who so win... so boring. Yeah, and, like, the people who win, like, don't really go anywhere. But, like, anyone who wins Top Chef is, like, renowned map. for the rest of their lives. It means they can become judges on, like, any Food Network show. Oh, yeah. It's, like, yeah, literally. Lives they can have a career just, like, judge... There's another show in FYI that FYI actually makes. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big FYI fan. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, not Cocktails of Chloe, but uh, <laughs> nothing against it. I just didn't watch it myself. But this one's called Man vs. Child Chef Showdown. Oh, my and God. The first season was five kids. The new season, there are more. But basically, every episode, you see three kids between the ages of, like, seven and 15 cook against, like, an adult chef. And each one does their own round, and they elect who cooks based on the challenge. So the kids, like, huddle up, and they're like, we choose blank. <laughs> And, like, everyone has a specialty. The youngest girl is this seven-year-old Chinese girl who's got, like, a lisp and is missing teeth. And her specialty is French cooking. Like, this seven-year-old oh girl God. is, like, incredible. 
Um, and I amazing. highly recommend you watch it. But like, um, one of the chefs who was on Top Chef and then on Top Chef All Stars, I'm um, blanking on his name now. The Italian guy. Oh, Mike. Uh, Mike. Mike, Mike something. Yeah. Mike Isabella. Yeah. He's like the head. He's the head judge of the show. Oh man. And like. He just popped up there, but he's great as it. Yeah. And, like, he's really nice to the kids. Aww. And he, like, judges the adults fairly. Like, they win against the adults sometimes. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> Dude, that's tight. I've, you should definitely watch it. Like, <laughs> we need to get FYI. That's, yeah. like, the lesson of all this. I know. They're all there. It's a, it's a fantastic program. What was the FYI network? Wasn't it something else? I have no idea. That, oh. that shit popped up a couple years ago. I just started watching it. I don't love all the shows, but, like... I think with some of the food-related ones, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They're picking the right content. I think Cocktails with Chloe got canceled, though. That did. I heard. I heard. <laughs> but did you hear it might be the only place where Kanye did any sort of interview about Pablo? Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. That makes sense. It might sense. be the only place he actually talked about it with someone who asked questions about the album. Whoa. <laughs> that's crazy. She got the scoop. The exclusive and still scoop. no one watched. <laughs> and still no one watched. Damn. No. Well, you gotta get, uh, you gotta supervise on an FYI show. Like, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> a cooking FYI show. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah. I mean, right. thanks for talking to us. We don't want to keep course. you Of course, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I gotta go in a second. I gotta go to Manhattan uh, <laughs> seeing a comedian tonight. But, uh... Nice. Uh, but... thank you so much for the interview. No, and, thank uh, you. And have bye. a good night. See ya. Okay, that wasn't that bad. <sighs> Of course, like, every time he's saying something really cool, it fucking freezes. I know! He liked TV a lot. He likes TV. I like how much he likes TV. I would hang out with him. I would totally hang out with him. Thanks for tuning in to High Holidays. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at High Holidays, that's with a Z, and subscribe to Smoke Break, our bi-weekly newsletter at tinyletter.com slash smoke break. See you next time.